0: Hi, thank you for joining me today. My name is John Newby. And this is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. And today's podcast is we're going to listen to a discussion with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson and Dr. Andrew D. Huberman. We all know who Jordan Peterson is. Uh, Dr. Huberman is an American neuroscientist. And they're going to discuss something that a lot of churches don't discuss. Um, ironically, I was about to do this video and my pastor this past Sunday did a great epic sermon on this. and I uploaded that sermon to my YouTube channel. Check it out. And it's going to be about masturbation and pornography and what it does to the, to the body and how it changes you and how it affects you. And it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just lust. Paul writes in first Corinthians that. Sexual sin is against the body. In the verse reads, the NASB 1995, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. Paul literally says to flee, run from it, run away. Run from sexual immorality, flee fornication. It's not that uh, sexual thoughts. sin. It's that sexual thoughts are a sin If it's not about your wife And it's not that Masturbation is a sin It's that if you're not Masturbating with your wife That's what it's for Those are things you can have Sexual thoughts You can masturbate with your wife You can have sexual thoughts about your wife Anybody else It's sinful Period And the church has been quiet on this, but like I said, um, my pastor recently just did this past, a few days ago, killed it. Again, I'm going to tell you to check it out, but we're going to listen to, this is what we call hostile witness. A hostile witness is somebody who is not a Christian, but gives a fair amount of in-depth Christian ideology into a response. Okay. We all know that. Jordan Peterson is a intellectual giant, to say the least. I'm a big fan of his, but I do know that he's not a Christian, and there's a lot of things I disagree with him. A lot of things. Obviously, his uh, exegesis of the scripture and how he exegetes it and wants uh, types of different therapies that involve hallucinogens and pills and medication. Yeah, obviously I don't support any of that, but he is a hostile witness. He is, he is a uh, somebody who respects Christianity, respects the the um, epistemology and eschatology of Christianity, but he's not a Christian. Okay, so keep that in mind, Christians. But we're gonna listen to this, so this is a hostile witness giving some credence to the Christian faith and how we deal with this here we go it's going to mostly be dr um andrew hooperman speaking um jordan chimes in here in the middle and we'll pause it and listen to it and give some thoughts
1: one of the the absolutely pathologic situations for any animal or human is to be able to access repeated dopamine surges without effort or any pursuit that's self-directed and, or that's directed, I should say. So for instance, cocaine, a drug which potently increases dopamine or methamphetamine, which potently increases methamphetamine, but doesn't require any sort of um, adaptive action pursuit except to acquire the drug and spend money on it. No sacrifice. No sacrifice. So essentially what ends up happening is the circuit that gets rewarded is only the drug seeking behavior and no other behavior will. So we can run, uh a thousand rabbit trails on this one. So
0: basically it's you receiving this dopamine this uh reaction in your brain without any type of struggle, without chasing an animal down and killing it or you no know, anything like that. No, nothing, you're getting something without, you're getting reward without the effort. And you know the book of Proverbs hints at stuff about We can possibly put this in the realm of laziness in the same category. Proverbs 10.4 Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 10.5 He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. Paul continues to be pretty um, stern here in 1 Timothy 5.8. He says that if anyone does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith... And it's worse than an unbeliever. So, just receiving rewards, not working hard or not fighting for things is a problem. And we kind of get that today's society as well with the uh, everyone gets a reward, everyone gets a medal, everyone gets a trophy. There's leagues where people aren't even keeping score because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. That's fake. It's not real, and it leads to a lot of problems and a lot of issues with children as they you know, try to learn to be somebody in the future, someone to, to fight for something, someone to step up to the plate, pun intended. But you know, I, like I said, you can go down a thousand rabbit trails on this one, but let's keep going.
1: The kind of potent yeah. dopamine release that cocaine or methamphetamine will, which is why they are so pernicious. Now, likewise,
2: I'm not- Well, plus plus they have that powerful reinforcing effect, right? So not only do you get that kick, but what's reinforced by the dopamine release is the behaviors that were right prior, particularly right prior to the ingestion. And if it, all that is, is the drug taking behavior, that's all that develops. That's right. You build that monster inside your head. That's right. So I can see where you're going on the pornography. Phase. Right. So I
1: was starting to get a lot of questions. I was kind of surprised. I thought, well, you know, I'm male and you know, maybe that's why they feel comfortable asking me. If you were saying that we're asking about pornography and they were asking, you know, I, I realize we want to, um, you know, to, I'll just be direct about it. They were asking whether or not masturbation was bad. They were asking whether or not um, masturbation with ejaculation was particularly bad. And here's my story. Stance on this, I'm a biologist and a neuroscientist, not a psychologist, but what we know for sure is that if an individual repeatedly engages in this circuitry, let's say masturbation and pornography with increasingly um, potent forms of stimulation that are on a screen, yeah. a couple of things happen. First of all, what's being reinforced? What's being reinforced is a high dopaminergic response to watching other people engage in sexual behavior, which is very different than being in a first person sexual experience. Okay so right there you know that what's being reinforced is not actually any kind of improvement in communication skills it's voyeurism and And as these questions started to come in more and more, I started to realize there was a lot of kind of undertones of people talking about fear of or experience with sexual dysfunction that clearly pornography can lead to. And here I'm specifically talking about males. I I actually don't know the literature on females. So here I'm talking about
2: females don't use visual pornography to the same degree. They use literary pornography. I see. So,
0: yeah. So, and that's true. I've done uh, multiple videos and podcasts on this about the, uh, these stats that go with pornography and it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think it's like, uh, around 40 to 50% nearly now it's, it's going up every year of internet, all internet searches in the world have to do something with, um, pornography. (laughs) Think about that.
1: So, and then you start to think about, okay, what happens in the cascade or the arc of, of sexual arousal and, and orgasm, what happens is that initially there's a Uh, It's parasympathetically dominant, meaning if somebody is too uh, stressed, they actually can't engage in sexual behavior, the arousal response doesn't occur, erection is blunted, but the actual orgasm response and ejaculation is strongly associated with the so-called sympathetic nervous system, which has nothing to do with sympathy, it has everything to do with, it's a kind of a stress response, and then it reverses to a parasympathetic response. And a hormone called prolactin increases dramatically after ejaculation in males. What does that do? That blunts dopamine release and testosterone for a very long period of time.
0: You ever heard, uh, you ever heard like in the Rocky movies, you know, he told, Mickey told Rocky, don't mess with Adrian. Uh, makes his legs weak. Well, this neuros- this neuroscientist is saying that's true. Um, and I think what he's getting at is, is that you basically, you basically can Ejaculate and stare at beautiful women, any type of woman you want, without any type of sacrifice, and it completely skews your brain, completely twists it. You get all this reward, all this dopamine dump, and it causes your whole body to go against itself. And you start to have problems with erections. You start to have, and you start to use it for emotional reasons and and your body starts to reject it and it's hard on your body, and maybe this is what Paul was talking about when he said that it's that sexual sin is against your body. Also, probably also bringing in diseases at that time because they didn't have cell phones then. But sexual morality was very rampant at that point, especially in the culture, especially the Church of Corinth. Let's continue. Wait
1: sense if pair bonding and sort of you know in our species anywhere there's this idea that then other molecules would be exchanged with partners pair bonding potential for raising mates etc without getting into a huge discussion about that the point is this masturbation and pornography are potently tapping into the dopamine system and can undermine the very processes of what I consider healthy processes of finding a mate, you know, dating, communication, eventually, if it's appropriate, sexual interaction, well, etc. Like it's
2: undermining pair bonding. And pair well, bonding. so okay, so here's a question: if if you're, if you're seeking sexual release through pornography and you go through the whole cycle and you get a prolactin release, do you bond with yourself? Huh. So this is
1: very interesting. The, um, the biology explains it as what's left there is a kind of an open loop, a kind of an emptiness Right, because bonding with the self is a is a complicated notion. I mean, it ha, there's a healthy version of that, of course, loving oneself and yeah. um and, and yeah. self referencing. Yeah. And, and again, this is more uh, your dom- far more your domain than mine in terms of uh, what a healthy self relation is. But in the absence of uh, a real partner, there, of a absence of real sexual partner, there's an open loop of neurochemicals, including oxytocin and prolactin, the dopamine. Remember, dopamine goes up during pursuit anticipation then peaks and then crashes below baseline after orgasm and ejaculation. So this kind of low that people fear is putting them into an amotivated state. We can think of this, if I were to kind of expand on it, would be, it's this, it's this kind of... Um,
0: so I've sp- spoken to a lot of Christians that message me privately about pornography and masturbation. And uh, they go through this. And when I've struggled with it in the past, me me as well... We would uh, have this real self-doubt and, um, and unworthiness. Well, obviously, it's because we did something against our body, and, the witness, and God watched it. I mean, I know it sounds odd to say, but it's true. I mean, you're literally doing stuff like that in the presence of God. And especially when you have the Holy Spirit indwelt in your body, and you're defiling your body As the Holy Spirit, which is God Third person of the Trinity Lives in your body And you're defiling it You're defiling the temple That's what you're doing And it can push against you know, Your flesh, push against your um, Your salvation, if you want to call it that or, or how you're sealed What you're washed with The blood, it pushes against it and it's uncomfortable and it makes you feel depressed, angry, sad. And I think people, even un- people who aren't under the blood, who aren't Christians, probably have some of the same feelings to a certain degree. And uh, I find that interesting. All right, let's continue
1: psychological equivalent of making your home environment filthy for a while not actually putting you into this positive amplification of dopamine so it depletes the dopamine system and it's likewise in drugs of abuse and addiction it eventually depletes the dopamine system initially there's a huge dopamine surge with drugs of abuse like methamphetamine and cocaine but over time people are using more and more to achieve what is not such a great high you even see this a little bit with um kind of consumption of energy drinks. Like people are taking more and more chemicals within their energy drinks and they're thinking about loud, fast music, energy drinks. It's kind of stacking of dopaminergic tools. Now that's not as pathologic. In fact, I'm, I'm. there are some energy drinks I'll occasionally drink and I enjoy them. Um, I don't think we need to be entirely afraid of, of pursuing or engaging in things that release dopamine. Obviously, healthy sexual behavior, food that we love, social engagement, all of these things can be dopaminergic. It's the big peaks in dopamine that are not associated with any prior effort or organization of self that are particular. So dopamine
0: without effort is the problem. And you can, like we mentioned earlier, you can have any girl that you fantasize about and have her in front of your eyes until ejaculation and there's no effort for it. There's no um, you getting, you courting her, you taking her out to dinner you meeting her parents you meeting with your pastor you marrying her you treating her with love and respect you treating her as jesus loves the church that's the model and you having a that's what that's a christian version of a sec you know he mentioned earlier about healthy sexual healthy sexual uh well god's version of a healthy sexual is uh you know a man and a woman who are married so i don't know i don't think he would he would say that probably in a just a monogamous relationship or maybe even a gay relationship but uh or uh, you know a man and a woman living together as boyfriend girlfriend which god rejects all those
1: let's continue Dangerous for the human being
2: yeah well you could see that that you could see that that that's a cardinal danger of of uh affluence then
1: that's right this is why that children of right. uh, you
2: know you know that's right you you know you cannot get rats addicted to cocaine if they live in their natural environments is that right you can only get rats addicted to cocaine if they're isolated rats in a cage yeah they won't bar press for cocaine in a natural environment and it's because they have alternative sources of dopaminergic gratification very interesting. So, yeah, yeah the,
0: very interesting. Yeah, the children are very... So to kind of go off of what he said, and this is another rabbit hole, like you can go off a thousand rabbit holes on this. Um, I just did a recently did a video about why God allows suffering. And when you look at all the big cities and how the government gets involved and uh, people's taxes and how the humans are basically trying to reinvent the garden to have this perfect utopia... Um, which I bring in the Rat Utopia, which led to a massive demise of the of uh, Universe uh, seventy five, which is where the rats lived. Um, what Jordan's getting at here is that you could feel isolated in these big cities. You got all these people around you, but you're isolated. You ain't got no family. You got no community. You got nobody. You walk to work and there's thousands and thousands of people walking on the sidewalk next to you and you know no one. You're still isolated. You're isolated from the inside. And you go to work and you come home into a little apartment and you're in a cage and all you have is these instant gratifications where you talk to people on a screen or you find a a woman that you, that you uh, find attractive and you look her up online and you masturbate to her. And this is a a cycle, a problem. I mean, of course, this happens in the country too. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's a uh, these urban jungles isolate people. I think people really need to be really need to consider living into large cities. But that's for another conversation. Let's keep going.
1: People who are overindulged, I, I've seen that many times, many, many times, and it is a very sad sight. Um,
2: yeah, well, they're not optimally deprived, eh? And that, that issue of optimal deprivation, that's thats a killer issue for an affluent society.
1: There's an additional issue with pornography, which is not often discussed, which is that, remember, guys in particular, the brain is a learning prediction machine. And if I'm not trying to say that all pornography is bad, but there are good data to support the idea that if your brain... See, so obviously
0: we disagree with this, uh, with uh, Doctor Huberman. So, yeah, all pornography is bad. Literally, the word "evil" in the Greek, which is the the New Testament was written in, is "porneia." That's where we get the word "pornography" from. Um, I guess the only consideration I would I would think that would match up with Scripture would be if you made a video, an erotic video, with your wife and you two alone decided to watch it together that would be the only consideration i think that would align with scripture you and your wife
1: and not sharing it with anyone else to be aroused by watching other people have sex, it is not necessarily going to carry over to the ability to get aroused when you're one-on-one with somebody else, right? Especially young kids who are consuming a lot of pornography, the brain is learning sexual arousal to other people having sex so you're going to program yourself into being a voyeur or yeah or just create challenges in in sexual interactions with uh, you know with with peers yeah with a with a real partner mary harrington has the three laws of porno dynamics and the second law of porno dynamics is the law of fap entropy and it says that whatever you start out wanking to will get progressively more intense over time and i think that this is sort of speaking to that ever ever sort of escalating amount of um the wildness that you need to watch in order to get an ever decreasing.
0: Yeah. So the more you get involved in the pornography, the less and less it stimulates you. So you have to find more hardcore stuff. And that's when obviously all of it's evil. It starts to get into really bad um, temptations of search. I'm trying to be real careful how I word this. I think y'all know what I'm trying to say it can start leading to uh, <laughs> searches that involve probably felonies okay and because it's not there anymore i mean the same way as an addict the, the first they got to they got to take more and more and more of a certain drug because their body starts to get more immune to it you need a stronger hit you need a stronger hit you need more you need more the same bump doesn't do it. The same, you know, you, you build an alcohol tolerance, the whole thing.
1: I mean, it, it goes the whole way. Stimulus that comes back. And, you know, here I'm I'm approaching this only through the lens of biology, right? I'm not a, you know, I'm not a psychologist and I'm certainly not um, political in, it, in any way. At least not I have ideas about politics, but I just don't discuss them publicly. But the idea here is that, you know, I'm not saying pornography as a stimulus is bad or good. What Why? I'm saying is in its availability and its extreme forms, it's a very potent stimulus and very potent stimuli of any kind. Extremely palatable food, extreme pornography, um, extreme experiences like bungee cord jumping. Those set a threshold for dopamine release. And Anna will tell you that, and I'm sure she did, that the higher the dopamine peak, the bigger the drop afterwards. And it's not that you drop to baseline, you drop below baseline. Again, it's not, these things aren't good or bad. They just have to be controlled in a way because when people are pursuing dopamine peaks over and over and over and they aren't getting them, typically it's because they've been pursuing that activity far too often. And you're saying perhaps take a break from that and there may be an ability for yourself, your system to reset. Right, yeah, I mean, in theory, all the things that we're talking about with pornography. Now, obviously this is where we disagree with Dr. Huberman
0: is that he's saying you know quit it for a while if this is you and then you can slowly get back into it. I mean obviously that's not Paul says to flee from it. So we're not going to agree with anything else that Dr. Huberman's going to say. He's taking a uh, a different approach versus you know, us Christians we view this as a spiritual battle. This is demonic, it's evil and this is a problem and it's uh taking over the world. It is a serious serious problem but uh and the church is silent a lot of the churches are very silent on it they barely talk about this at all um i happen to be blessed to be in a in a church where my pastor does talk about it and and he still gets pushed back from some parents which is crazy in my opinion um this stuff needs to be talked about but uh yeah, I just thought this was interesting and and, and some of the, this is a hostile witness. They are saying some biblical truths here. They are. But we uh, remember though, they're not Christians and they don't they don't proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. So you have to be careful to um listen to people in this position and in, in that belief in that belief system. Okay? All right. Thank you for listening. God bless you, in Jesus name.